Welcome to Think Through, Talk Through, where we believe you have the power to take charge of your life and develop your potential. Hi, this is Kanye. And Vera. And today we have a special guest with us. Um, we have Rufilwe Marima. Um, welcome, Rufilwe. Thank you so much. A privilege to be here. Great. Um, so we wanted, um, we asked Rufilwe to come and talk to us because we wanted to talk about um, homeschooling in the Black community and what that means, um, what it looks like. And um, Rufilwe has agreed to do it with us because um, she's been doing it and we are very curious to hearing what she has to say. So welcome again, um, Rufilwe. Um, so Vera, you can go ahead. So we'd like to hear from you, Rafilwe, what actually attracted you to homeschooling? Why, why did you start homeschooling? Hmm. Okay, great question. Uh, I hope I can answer it. So I wasn't, I was actually not attracted to homeschooling in the, in the sense that I first saw a homeschool kid when I was 18 and in university. I saw some older friends had boys, had like four boys, and they were homeschooled kids. That was the first time I got introduced to this thing of you can't, you don't need to be schooled at a school because I myself have been through main, mainstream school. So I actually didn't like homeschooling when I first saw homeschooling because these guys, these boys were never really greeted anyone. This family was American, didn't greet anyone, were not friendly, didn't really seem like they're integrating well with others. So as a black person, communal person, I was like, nah, fam, what is this? So didn't really like it. Later, fast forward a few years later, I have my own kids. And I work a job, thankfully enough, that allows me to be free in the mornings. So when, I, when that happens, um, when my kids are about three, time to send them to preschool or four, I decide, no, listen, you know what, let's, what do they actually do? What competencies do they test? What, what do preschool, what does preschool do? What's the system? And then I asked a few friends to send their kids to school. And I, I found the competencies they look for at that age easy enough for me to try, wrangle something and do something. So um, it was initially an experiment, an experiment that kind of said, uh, look, it looks like it's kind of easy what you do with preschoolers. Let me try it myself. And that's how it started. Great. Um, now tell me. How is your, your, your homeschooling different from what most of the people who've been doing it in South Africa like? Um, because I know you had mentioned at some point in conversation that you are more interested in decolonizing um, and including more African um, aspects into um, um, the education system. So what is your view on that and what are you doing? Mm. Um, so, yes, I, I have spoken a lot about this how when I look back at my education I feel like it had a mainly western influence um I was shocked that you know through 12 years of schooling at mainstream grade one to grade 12 I'd actually only done one book by an African author and I think I, I was just I grieved that way post metric um and I just thought look if I have an opportunity to influence the kind of content my kids do I'd wanted to rightly ref reflect that God has given knowledge and, and um, beauty to all cultures and not just the Western. So the material we do with children um, is a lot of it. I, I have to, unfortunately, I still have to work hard to get 
that material, but I searched from library books, people that are brown, authors that are brown that look like them, because I think one thing mainstream education did to me, it implanted a wrong idea in my mind that um, white people or Western people were the smart ones. My teachers were almost all white from grade one to grade 12. And slowly a seed in my head was, the white people are the smart ones and they're the ones that can give knowledge. And so I think mainly number one, by being the teacher to my kids um, and whenever we go to other homeschooling, whenever we go to extracurricular things, you know, I honestly do search for places and spaces where they can get um, different sources of knowledge, knowledge givers from whether books or people that are giving services. So to be frank, if, if I go to a coding school and I come to two and I compare, I, if there is one that has more brown leadership or mixed leadership and people teaching and giving knowledge, I do that. And I often take the kids to their grandmothers and other aunties um, in Soweto in the, the township I grew in and we learn other things. So sometimes we sit down and we learn about our family tree or we learn about how they choose to make a certain dish. So even food and dishes we do and I teach them, I try to teach them from the wealth of knowledge from the African system and say, this is as important as learning how to cook a mac and cheese stump. You, you've got to learn how to make stump, you know, let's learn how to do that. So from books to extracurriculum to who gives the knowledge, I try varied and, and err on the brown, some brown people being the knowledge systems there. Fui, what language do you teach in? Because that's also, you know, a big thing. Mm. So I teach in um, English and Sesotho. Um, I mix the two languages when, when I teach the kids. But obviously, if you're reading, we have language. So I teach the kids Zulu as a language. And Sesotho is part of is our home language. So we read lots of books from that. So, um, yeah, I'm also, you know, I think, like, again, there's still lots to be done in the homeschooling. Um, I want to do Cambridge um, with the kids when they finish school. But the language is when I notice you've got to do an English and then you need to do another language. And um, so Zulu's there as a language, you know, and I, I'm going to start a campaign to try to see if we can't get Sesotho as an, another language that children can write. I find that's more choice than I only had English and Afrikaans, uh, which I found ironic because my parents, my mom was whipped by police because they were protesting against Afrikaans, but her child had to go through a system where Afrikaans was not the main instruct, uh, language of instruction, but it was one that if I wanted good education, the good schools, I'll put that in brackets, were forced you to take Afrikaans as a second language, which, which I thought that's, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, I know that is. So I can hear that you, you're really able to do history and focus on, on brown people's history, your language you can incorporate, um, and a lot of cultural things. What about things like maths and science? Mm. That's, that's great. I find that with math and science, where I can incorporate cultures where, because math and science is not just about the, it's learned fractions, but it's also about how to apply it in daily life. So I find that, you know, with, for example, we're doing third grade things and we're learning fractions and, 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 and division. So it's been good to incorporate how, you know, fractions and divisions are about sharing, which is a big value system in the African concept you know um in our in our culture so to incorporate maths in daily life and just to say this helps us better do sharing and division and how do we if we've got this many resources how do we do that together um 
with others. So I think with maths and science, and then science, um, I've, I've, I've had a light bulb moment where I realized that my gran always did science, although she didn't study science at school. So when she, you know, would dish out hot porridge for us, I can, I can use her examples from her life. So she dish out hot porridge, but she'd put a layer of vinegar, or a layer of, of cold water on the, on the, on the hot porridge. And it would create, you know, kind of a lump and it would create like a, it would cool down the food quickly. So I found that science was actually, because it was actually part of daily life. My grand is probably one of the greatest scientists ever without having read it in the textbook. She did many things around the house and DIY things where she used scientific concepts to make it work. So whenever I can remember an example from my history or from what my mother does, I, I make sure to point that out and say, you know, when Goko's doing this, she's she's leveraging the power of gravity to do this. So I can grow in doing this better. And I'm trying to as as the things come in my head, but that's where I want to go and just make the kids see that um, knowledge has really been given to all cultures. And there's actually knowledge systems that are better in one culture than another. Um, but have, have the kids not have what I've had to unlearn, which is a sense that what is in their culture is not enough or is less than the Western culture that surrounds them. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, I actually do also recall scientific stuff around the house that I'm like, hey, actually, that's kind of like physics. Actually. But now tell me, <laughs> tell me, Fifi, um, you you also um, like an activist around this, right? So you do um, have some people that you are helping along this journey as well. Tell us a little bit about that and um, you your, your reaching out and and meeting with other homeschooling moms who, who are interested in this decolonizing of the kids' education. Mm, mm. Yeah, you guys, I'm actually a baby in this journey because the ladies I meet with, uh, they're on fire, Shem. So there's a group, uh, Soweto Homeschoolers and Schoolers, which I was initially just shocked that there's so many homeschooling communities around. I mean, I didn't even think there were so many brown people until um, I joined the, the group. So there's a few brownie groups and they're passionate also about you know African geography African history um and sometimes we yeah we make sure to celebrate and they've got a broader knowledge of even African countries so another thing I've enjoyed is I can influence the history and the geography um uh, curriculum like I didn't learn enough guys about Africa I didn't know Kenya's in East Africa or you know I, I had I've, I'm trying to look back and be like what did I do Mara you know, I, I remember French Renaissance. I remember, and I'm, now I'm like, hey, you know, how do I, if you had asked me at 10 where I want to go, I would have said Paris. And I think that's embarrassing because I live not only in a beautiful, I guess if I said something in South Africa, okay, or something in Africa, I just feel like Africa is so unexplored and, and, and particularly South Africans, unfortunately, we've got this bad, bad thing where we think we are above. But anyway, I, I'm loving that. Um, these moms that I gather with um, are very much, I mean, they're farmers, the knowledge they know about what their grandmothers and their mothers has passed on about what herbs to find when you're not well. Let's explore African countries. When we talk about Mandazi, a lot of them say, no, I've already eaten that because we went to Uganda the other time. And it's been awesome to find similarities amongst African brothers and sisters in their countries and the things they eat. You know, I discovered Magwenya eaten everywhere. It's just Uganda's called Mandazi. And somewhere else called whatever. So those, those commonalities and exploring and having the freedom to go broader with my kids. My next step would be to go to the countries, you know, so Lesotho is next on our, on our trip because we are Sotho. So it would be nice to study the stuff and, you know, we've learned about King Mushoshe because 
no 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 beef to the zulus but you know with king zulitini and boshaga uh we we not giving enough credit to their suitors and and king mushashu was brilliant he was a strategist yeah. he ran to the mountains he he made he found a scientific you know um biological um kind of fortress that helped his escape his whole nation escaped from from army and they were safe because he this brilliant man um came up with this plan so we want to visit lesotho with the kids and just be amazed again at our culture the richness there um and love it i i hope to us lumi my daughter when she's um in a few years even now and say where would you want to go baby girl what country and i wish she would say something because she's discovered the beauty and the wealth that lies within her very continent africa hmm. that sounds like a trip i'd love to also be part of but um can i just ask another question about cultural games i know there's a lot of games that the children play growing up i mean children learn by playing so are there any african games that you play in your family that develop mm. their skills mm that's a good question we there's there's games so chicago is a popular game that we played growing up um that leverages it kind of you've got a it's almost you've got a it, it helps your balance it helps your aim it helps your a lot of your gross motor skills so um we they, whenever they visit they visit their grand and their and their cousins and so it a lot and i've encouraged them to play with them but a lot of the games i've 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 been shocked to realize a lot of the games we grew playing up um taught us a lot so skipping helps with coordination um and that's a game we used to play dikhati we used to call it um they still play matin which is a game where you take turns between your leg and throw so sometimes when they do that but when we head home instead of playing hide and seek we say let's play mukuku um uh, you know which is just how what we used to call it it's a version and of mbabaraba mbabaraba <laughs> yes that's so brilliant mm-hmm. i haven't told that yet but thanks for that reminder kai i must get the yeah so there are some games we use and we play and just i think just growing the love of the culture and games helps a lot that's that's very true vera mm-hmm. um i i am so excited um about this you know i i just i get excited i didn't even know there was this whole community of people who are working hard to create this thing so how do we get the information out there how do we let more parents know um that there's this wealth and there are these mothers who are going out of the way to find um the this these resources so that they can be shared and women um who are working and they can't do homeschooling also their kids cannot fall behind and they can know their culture and their history um and use it in their education. Mm. So yeah, a good question can you ask thinking WhatsApp WhatsApp groups has been the main way of contacting and WhatsApp, you know, WhatsApp story profiles. There's many WhatsApp groups that I don't know, I mean, it would be great if kind of even on your guys platform hopefully this gives some advertising to that but I I'd be happy to be a contact and to make someone join one of these WhatsApp groups where we do um spread the information and the love and you know we share if we find lots of good brown books we share the knowledge we create a sort of a library you can borrow this book from whoever mm-hmm. um there's also a place in Rockville called the 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 Inosi Equestrian Center where Arthur Mafugati's dad runs a, a horse a horse riding horse shows um Yes I've heard about the, that yes, yes. Yes, he's we've we've taken the kids there and the kids run a program from there which is nice because it's a Soweto guy who's built this whole empire horse 
Kingdom Empire where he trains and he did very well. I mean, internationally, he got prizes. Um, so some kids are doing a horse course, horse riding course in the middle of Soweto. Um, there is swimming schools there. I mean, so that's, but the horse riding center, so the equestrian center not only has the horse riding, but it has, it's almost like a hub for many other activities that are done um, in Soweto with the kids. So there's that. There's definitely um, just even the museums that the Hector Peterson and those guys, they offer special um, things and courses and, and tour guided things where kids can learn more about the history of, I mean, Soweto is a small part of um, South African Joburg, but they explain kind of a broader narrative of the city life and black brown people's history. So I think WhatsApp groups would probably be a main one. Contact me, I can put you in the groups or just have a coffee. Sometimes a mom to mom coffee and just putting your heart out there and your desires out there does a lot just in the step um, towards this kind of education we seek. Thank you. Thanks, Rafiwa. That was really encouraging. So glad that uh, South African homeschooling is getting its own brand in the, in the brown cultures as well. So thank you for your time today and for being with us. And we'll, if people want to contact you, they can contact us and we'll pass on your info. Mm -hmm.